Hi, welcome to the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. For months, we take time to prepare and educate ourselves on this new adventure of motherhood. But as we all know, once the baby is born, we're still left with so many questions and need all the help we can get. Women really should have a sense of empowerment as they begin to experience these life-changing moments. And no one mother has it all figured out. However, the more informed we are, the better decisions we can make that will positively affect us and our family. And that's what this podcast is about. Sharing honest, raw, and real conversations about motherhood, life, and all of the crazy, messy, beautiful in-betweens to hopefully educate, empower, and support the next mother on her motherhood journey. So sit back and enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Mamas Know Best. We got something to say podcast. I am on with a very special guest, Mrs. Melissa Rolfs. Melissa is a certified holistic health and life coach, helping busy women break free from sugar without deprivation so they can be happy, healthy, and love their life. She is committed to empowering women to break free from dieting, emotional eating, and self-image issues so they can ditch the diet mentality and feel empowered in their own skin. Melissa loves to teach women how to have their best body, their best moods, and best life all by breaking free from sugar. Oh, I need this conversation because I am a sugar <laughs> addict. I can definitely attest to being that. So I'm very excited for this conversation. After her own tumultuous history with food, withholding, and then later in life binging, she learned how to deal with core issues around her broken relationship with food. As a result, she felt called to go to school and learn to teach other women how to do the same. She graduated from the Health Coach Institute as a holistic health and life coach in 2018 and is the proud owner of Free to Be Coaching. She's also a proud Boilermaker alumna living in Arizona with her husband, Chad, and her two kids. Melissa's mission is to help women quit grabbing sugar so they can find freedom and peace with food, their body, and their lives. Melissa, it's such a pleasure to have you on. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you. It's good to be here with you. Nice. Okay, we'll go through my lightning round and then we'll begin. So first off, what is your favorite book? Favorite book? I Gosh, there's so many because I read a lot. Um, Probably the one that had the most impact was The Slight Edge. And it talks about just that slight edge, that one little thing that you do can have such a big impact. I think the author is Jeff Olson, I think. Nice. I definitely have to check that out. What is your superpower or a superpower you wish to have? (laughs) Yeah, my superpower is overthinking. And I have not had that frame before. I've always kind of thought that it was a downfall. But then I saw another coach who posted and said, what if overthinking is your superpower? And I think it's a legit thing. So I'm I'm owning that. (laughs) I love it. I think there's something to say to that because I think it depends on anything, right? what you do with it. So if you overthink too much to where it derails you or prevents you from moving forward then, but if you overthink, but then you're able to have progress with that, I think that works. So yeah, I I like it. I'll go with it too. Thank you. If you could travel, (laughs) if you could travel back in time, what period or what year would you like to go to? People answer this so many different ways. It could be a period in your life. It could be a year in your life. It could be, you want to go to the seventies. It could be any way you want to take it. I think I would want to go back to having newborns as who I am now instead of who I was then. That's a good one because we know now what we didn't know then and to start again, a hundred percent. I like that. What are the values that guide you and your family? Gosh, faith is a big one. I think integrity is a big one. Honesty, transparency, loyalty. There's a lot, (laughs) but that's just the top, top of mind. (laughs) 
love it. And what has motherhood taught you? Gosh, I think motherhood has taught me to replace judgment with curiosity and to, I don't know how to phrase this, so I'm going to try to say it. I think it's taught me how to appreciate and see people for who they are instead of who you want or expect them to be. Love it. I love, yeah. So now we can dive in. Love that. Okay. So before we get into the meat and potatoes of why we're here, which is your coaching and how you help women like myself break free from sugar, why don't you let my listeners know a little bit more about you? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm coming to you from Arizona, but I am a Midwest native. I grew up in Indiana. My husband and I have moved several times and we, I think we've landed in our forever place, Lord willing, but we've got two kids. Our daughter is 14 and our son is 11 and I'm holistic health and life coach. And just trying to help other women who are where I was because I was so overwhelmed and exhausted and just barely getting by in motherhood. I think there was some things that had happened before then that I didn't realize and kind of carried into motherhood. And so really taking time to heal and work through that has been a game changer. And may I ask, what did you do before becoming a holistic health and life coach? Yeah, I have done so many things. Gosh, before that I did direct sales because I wanted to be home with the kids, but I also wanted to have something for myself. So did like the in-home party plan. I've done event planning. I've done campus ministry. I have been lots of places. (laughs) But that's awesome because then I think now as we're older, at least for myself, I really can appreciate the different elements of my career, my life and the different things. Back in the day, it was like you had to focus on one thing and be one thing. And I think there's beauty in the different levels and different aspects of life. And like you said, whether party planning and all of that transforms to then you becoming this holistic health and life coach because you take bits and pieces. So I think there's something to celebrate there. Okay. So tell me, so you, you mentioned that, especially in the bio and you touched upon it slightly here where you had some tumultuous times with food. Talk a little bit about that and what your journey was into creating free to be coaching. Yeah. I started when I was eight. I had a lot of trauma from childhood and use sugar to kind of cope with that. I remember being a little girl and hiding cookies and candies and Pop-Tarts in my room and my parents didn't know, but then we had little rodents that came and pooped on the bed and told on me. So that didn't go so well. And then, you know, you go through your high school years and you want to be thin and want to look like a supermodel and get the attention of boys, at least I did. And so really kind of learned to withhold food and went through that for a while, not to the point of, hospitalization or being terrible, but just enough to look a certain way. And then went to college and went back to the binging and kind of using food to stuff the overwhelm, carried that into marriage and motherhood. And that's kind of when it really hit the fan. Our daughter was two and had some sensory challenges and undiagnosed food allergies. My husband was traveling for work. We had a newborn who wasn't sleeping through the night and I had just gotten diagnosed with PTSD from childhood trauma. So through that journey, met with a naturopath and therapist and really learned about the impact of food on mood and overall health. And that changed everything for me. And I knew that I had to go to school and help other women who didn't know that either, because I think we're taught so much that food is only about weight and we're not taught the other components that it has on our overall health and well-being. Food, even for myself of being young and not that it was ingrained in me growing up as far as in my household, but I think just society, yeah, we think of food as vanity, like you said, the supermodels or this or that, or if you eat this, then this is bad. So, and I know it sounds like it all happened so quick, you know, but when you were, when you met with the naturopath and you went through that, 
when did it hit you though that you then wanted to help other women and say, I wanted to make this a career because whatever that inspiration was to then transition from the things you had learned, what did you take from what you had learned to then help women this way? Yeah, it was really interesting because it was not a quick journey at all. It was long and hard and there was a lot of pain in that. And I think, you know, for me, kind of having that aha of having like this naturopath show me my lab work and realizing, okay, you're pre-diabetic, your cortisol levels, which are your stress and hormones are basically in the toilet. Like having that was a huge wake up call. And that's what caused me to change my diet. And I did it for that reason, but I didn't know how bad I had felt until I started to feel good. And I started to have energy and I went from being curled up in fetal position on the couch when my husband got home from work to being awake and alert and making dinner when he came home. And it was a total different Melissa. And I think that has always been my main motivation. But I think where I got confused in that is I also lost quite a bit of weight. And so people were coming to me because, oh my gosh, you've lost all this weight. What have you done? You look great. And so it kind of took me back to that place of food is about weight and that, and it's, it's not, that's never been my heart. It's never been about weight loss. It's been about the relationship with food and how it affects your mood and your energy and helps you be the mom and the wife and the person you want to be. And why sugar? I think that's so interesting because I know, I know better <laughs> because prior to having my son, and the reason why I say I know better is because my husband and I, specifically my husband, and I'll give it to him, you know, was like, we need to be eating this or trying this, or, you know, he's just a big research guy. But then after I had my son, it was like, all of that went out the window, which I'm, I'm sure you can attest to when speaking to a lot of moms, right? We just get overwhelmed. I'm eating last minute stuff. I, again, I know better, but I'm not doing that. But why sugar? What was the importance of saying that as opposed to, you know, another aspect of it? And why is it so important to have a healthy relationship with sugar or eliminate it, or, or I guess talk about that of how you look at sugar as you're coaching? Yeah, those are great questions. So I think sugar, because that was my own struggle. That was my vice. I didn't ever go to alcohol or I'm sure that I did a little bit probably with shopping and social media, but sugar was always my go-to from the time I was a little girl. And so it made me really curious as to why, why is that? Why is sugar acceptable in society? And I think that's a big part of it, right? Like it's legal, it's socially acceptable, it's thrown at children at parades. I used it for my kids when I was potty training as bribery. Like what, what is behind all of that. And the fact is sugar's nine times more addictive than cocaine. So what happens is when we eat it, it releases the dopamine, which is the reward centers in our brain, those get turned on. And in order to have that same feeling or high that we get, we need to have more and more. So it's a vicious cycle of if you're overwhelmed and exhausted, you're going to reach for the sugar because it makes you feel good in the moment and it releases that dopamine, but you're creating a habit that you no, you don't want to have essentially, but you're using it because your body needs something else. For sure. And then, you know, when you go down to the processed sugar and how sugar is in every single thing that we eat. And I know for me, again, with just the research my own husband has done of being like, oh, well, we should try and eat this. And, you know, we shouldn't give Jace, that's our son, sugar, you know, less than two years old and really trying to curb it. Because yes, the minute that's introduced, it's like, whoa, wait a minute. I don't want to ever have anything that does not include that. So how do you help women 
break free or become free and feel at peace with food, their body and their life? And I know that might be, you know, a loaded question because there's probably many different facets to that. But I guess high level summary of like, what's really your coaching style? Like, how do you help them with that? You know? We basically get to the root cause and figure out why they're going for sugar because the craving is always a messenger of something that we either need in our body or in our lives. And so it's really deciphering what is it that I'm missing out on? Where am I lacking sweetness in other areas of my life that I'm turning towards the sugar to satisfy that? So it's really about getting to the why behind the why as to what am I looking for when I'm reaching for the sugar and kind of deciphering that. And then do you help create a plan to then say, okay, not a nutritional plan, but something to say, okay, because again, I had to, because listen, I'm in my office space now and it took everything in me. I wanted the hot chocolate and I was like, I can't because my sugar, I, I'm realizing that's becoming more and more of a vice. So I'm, I was like, look, they have green tea and I just went for the green tea, which is a huge, huge thing for me to do. And maybe because subconsciously I knew that we were having this conversation. I don't know <laughs> that my body was like, because I'm telling you, it was like either the mocha coffee latte or the hot chocolate. And I saw the green tea and I don't know if it, or my body was just like, look, just take it. So do you do something like that where you can offset and say, okay, well, instead of this, maybe try this to in the beginning to kind of, because you can't just like uh, immediately eliminate it all, right? Our body would probably go into shock, I would imagine, or something. Absolutely. And I don't do deprivation because when we get into deprivation, we want all the more where the mind goes, the man follows. So if you are thinking about how much you want to have the sugar and how you can't have it because you're supposed to be sugar free, you are creating the thought pattern in your mind that's making you want the sugar all the more. So it's really helping women kind of retrain their brains to listen to their bodies and understand what they need and honor their body and their hunger and fullness because it's it's habit change. We get addicted to sugar out of habit. So it's really changing our habits and our relationship with sugar, essentially. And then, of course, having whatever substitutions at times. Like for me, instead of having maybe the Reese's peanut butter cups that I love, I'll go for the Justin's that are maybe a little bit more, keeps me fuller. Like I could notice the difference. Again, Justin's is not 100, you know, it's not the best, but better than a Reese's peanut butter cup, that kind of thing, right? Working through the substitutions. Totally. I'm all about simple swaps. Like instead of this, have this. Yes, it still has some sugar, but it's healthier. It's healthified, right? And I think if we can get to that point of being able to enjoy and have some things like the Justin's that are better than the Reese's, that's that's great. <laughs> For sure. And tell me, so now let's get into the motherhood aspect of all that. So my first question with it is how has that affected your children? So what are the ages? 14 and 11. Wow. Okay. Oh, so you're, you're in teenage, teenage mama mode. How's that, how has that affected? Because you've been a coach for how long now? For four years. <laughs> wow. So it really was when your oldest was around 10, your youngest was eight, seven, seven, or, yeah, about seven years old. How has that changed the household, your husband? Has it been a family thing? Talk about that, how you've put it in your own household. Yeah, we've totally done a 180. You know, I grew up coming home after school and having like a can of Coke and a bag of Doritos. That was kind of my go-to. My kids, not so much. So we are gluten and dairy-free just because of our daughter's intolerances. We all have made that shift. But it's always interesting, you know, being in school and in social settings and seeing what other kids are eating. And my kids are always like, okay, I can't have that, but I can have that. And so it's, we've really kind of done a complete overhaul on what we eat and what life looks like when we're around other people. And 
social settings <laughs> and they're okay with it and they've they've conformed to that and they understand right of not just being like again the deprivation of we can't but i guess would imagine they recognize well when we eat this this is what happens to our body so we're trying to make it healthy especially i'm sure during covid when we're trying to boost our immunity and not eat things that will bring it down 100% and i think that's kind of the silver lining for us with all of this is because our daughters she had those undiagnosed intolerances. She was vomiting every night. So she knows when she has it, what it will do to her body. And so I think she's learned to listen to her body and she knows what makes her feel good and what makes her feel bad. Now our son is kind of a different story. He's the younger one. He's learning. (laughs) But I think by and large, we're trying to teach them to really listen to their bodies, what works for them, what doesn't work for them. And just because all your friends are eating, it doesn't mean that it's going to sit well with you and it's going to make you feel good. For sure. And maybe even setting an example. I know for me, because my son, he's four. So he's in that phase of asking a million questions. Well, why are they doing this? And I'll just be honest and say, well, maybe their parents don't know that this is a healthier snack, you know, and you could be the first to introduce and him. He's seen me rephrasing that and be like, oh, okay. As opposed to like, well, it's a, I can't. And I'm like, no, well, maybe they just don't know. So why don't we show them that they could have this snack? And then he looks at it as a game. But so in that aspect, I guess I can see with your children of understanding that of saying like, yeah, well, we're introducing something because they just might not know. It's still mind boggling to me, but there are still a lot of parents that don't know or don't understand how bad some of these candies are with the goldfish and certain things with how much poison they have inside. And again, I don't deprive my son either. You know, if he's at a birthday party and they have a goldfish, I'm like, okay, have some snacks. But then I try to not have it at home to where he has it all the time. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think too, like, it's not, not that it's good or bad. It's just that it's maybe not the best choice for you and really teaching them what's best for them. And I think that's a really important lesson going into society, even, you know, just because somebody is, is doing something at school, it kind of sets them up to avoid that peer pressure with things that, that could be bad for them, like smoking or drinking or whatnot later in life. No, that's a really good point for sure. And I think that's the aspect of motherhood that they don't tell us or the kind of conversations we have to say, okay, well, this little conversation, especially from when they're young, can set the bar depending on how it's explained or not explained to them, like you said, later things in life with other things. Ladies, are you tired of feeling overworked and under-recognized for your impact at work? And are you curious about how to do the inner work to own your worth so you can feel confident making the bold asks, negotiating for more, and creating your ideal career? Ashi Perey, a previous guest, is a successful leadership and negotiation coach who is offering you the special opportunity to experience the power of private coaching with her. She will give you the tools necessary to grow your career in your own terms by being authentic in tough conversations, building bridges through negotiation, and trusting that no is not the end. Head over to www.ownyourworth.com to book an exclusive 30-minute private consultation. So now that actually goes to my second part of my question. On your website, I was on, it mentioned, or you mentioned being lost after you became a mom. Talk to me about that. How did motherhood affect your identity, your purpose, or and enhance your feeling of overwhelm? Oh my gosh. Well, I, I feel like, Growing up, the message that I always received was you can do anything you want to do. You go to college, you get a great degree, you do all the things, and you really focus on building that resume. So that was my college experience. I did everything under the sun. I had a great resume. I got a great job out of college. And then 
you know, fast forward to having children and it's like, gosh, I don't know if I want to work full time and be that career mom. And so I kind of put that on the back burner and was home and felt like I was lost because here I was this driven type A ambitious woman who was sitting home with baby puke and poop all over me. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like I, it was very much lost to me as to who I was and what I was called to do because I was always going to be like the executive and, (laughs) and that wasn't the reality at all. And so I felt very lost and overwhelmed and like I didn't have a purpose other than caring for this colicky child who didn't appreciate anything I was doing. I was exhausted. Like it, it was incredibly overwhelming. And I don't think people talk about that enough because it was what I heard was it's going to go by so fast. You should enjoy this. You're going to miss this. And I'm like, what am I going to miss? I feel completely lost and overwhelmed and exhausted. As opposed to saying, because I think you can, yes, I think there's a certain level where, yes, you can appreciate because it does go by fast. But at the same time, also say, I'm not happy right now. And I need to find another outlet to help bring this out. So what did you do? Because that was a long time ago. And again, I think, you know, in life, we look back, we're like, oh, that seems so long ago. But I'm sure, obviously, there were things. Did you have to go to therapy? Did you rely on your faith? Like, what things did you do to kind of come out of that? and say, you know, I need to find what works for Melissa and other things that make Melissa happy other than just being a wife and a mother. You know, it was really interesting. It was our daughter's preschool teacher who suggested, she goes, you know what, why don't you let her stay at extended care and you could take your son to mom's morning out and you could have a little time to yourself. And I was like, what? Oh my gosh. The light bulb, you're like, I can do that? Well, I had that thought. And first of all, it was the guilt of, oh my gosh, is it bad that I want time to myself? Am I a bad mom if I need a Like it was all of this messaging and this like guilt and shame almost of if I need a break, I'm a bad mom. Where does that come from? (laughs) I think it's society. It's funny. I was just um, answering some questions and in that I was saying, you know, because for me, I also felt overwhelmed, but I was the executive and I had, I couldn't ask for help. It was just too, too much to balance everything. And I realized I wanted to spend time. I wanted to have more maternity leave, but I had an employer who was like, you're going to come back, right? You're going to come back. And then I had that pressure as opposed to me being honest with myself and saying, you know what? I, I think I need more time because I'm feeling overwhelmed in thinking, gosh, how am I going to manage a household with a child now and a team? So then there was that aspect of it. But I think it's society that kind of, again, whoever they are, whatever or why, of thinking that women have to do it all. And if you do ask for help, you're weak. You don't love your children. And, and you know what? I, I actually was thinking about this the other day, too. I think it's also something that's just ingrained. I've said this multiple times. I wish someone would do like a, a study or write a thesis of what happens to a woman's brain after she has children, because I'm sure something psychological has to happen. I know I change, right? It's just it's it's never going back to what that was. And for me, I think it was just, yeah, I think maybe it's not even society. Maybe it's just something ingrained in us that when we feel separated from our children, it's like less than, you know, or like, we're like, we can't, like, I'm going to miss something or is it going to affect my child if I'm not there that one day when it's like, he'll be okay. Right. You know, I'm sure your children were fine when they stayed in extended care and he, your son had mommy and me time and you felt so much better. You weren't frustrated. Right. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. But it's so interesting that for me, I had to have a preschool teacher give me permission to do that. 
And then I think back to, gosh, how was I showing up? Why did she know that? Like, what, what was I putting out that made her say that I needed that? Well, she's a preschool teacher, so I'm sure she's seen mothers and mothers, but that's such a good point that maybe she saw the frazzledness or the, the anxiousness or the stressed out that she was like, you know, it's okay to have time. Um, but I'm glad that you took that. So that was a game changer for you then. Because for my listeners who might be a new mom who's out there, it's okay to say, I need this time. And then was that something that you did repeatedly? Was it something that you added like a couple of days a week? And what was that like for you just to have that little time to yourself? Well, so not only did I do that, but then I was like, oh, I could join a gym. And the gym had two-hour childcare, and they had a coffee shop. And so I could do group fitness and make some friends, and then I could go drink coffee by myself. And I realized, too, another big thing about my mom's journey is that I love it when somebody makes me coffee because it's one less thing I have to do. So, like, the drive through coffee is my jam because somebody is doing something for me. Because when we do all the things for all the people, it's nice to just have somebody do something for you, even if you have to pay for it. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that aspect. I love that spin, especially when, and we'll talk about that when I get to my, my fun, like, habits question. I love that. To reframe the thinking of it is like, no, like, it's not, it's your self-care because I love the point. Because, yeah, it's like, why am I making myself coffee? No, I'm going to have someone, even if I have to pay for it, who's going to do something for me. So, I love that. So, to all the moms listening, it's okay to have someone do something else for you. Okay. So what's next for you? What's next for Fee to Be Coaching? What does that look like? And I guess what other program services that you provide to the community? Yeah. Yeah. So my main thing is just reaching moms and helping them know that they're worth taking care of and that they matter and that what they eat affects how they show up. And it's really about changing their habits and really setting that healthy example for their children because we live in a society of diet culture where we're inundated by eat too little, exercise too much. You have to look a certain way. And it's like, can we just honor the way that we're made and learn to listen to and respect and care for our bodies? Can we do that, please? Because <laughs> I just wonder how many moms like don't like how they look or they don't like how they feel. And it's just this downward spiral because I was there of shame and guilt and pity and not feeling enough. And that's a lie and it needs to be rebuked. I totally agree. And I love ending that part of this aspect of it. Okay, let's go to my habits question. So you are a busy mom. So how do you make time for your own self-care? What do you do to relax and unwind for the day? I think the biggest thing that I have done as a mom, and I'm not telling everybody to do this because we're different, but what works best for me is getting up before my family. I get up, I have time to drink my hot lemon water, I eat my breakfast, I read, I pray, I journal, and I just have that peace and quiet in the morning really helps me to set off on a better note for the day instead of being rushed and frazzled and feeling like I'm 10 steps behind because then I get snippy. <laughs> it doesn't feel good for sure. It's like I was talking to a friend of mine. I'm, she's like, I love Mondays. I'm like, me too. I was like, it's like the start of a week. And especially if I start Monday on a great high like that, it just sets the tone for everything. How do you relax and unwind for the day? Oh, girl, I like my vitamin D. I like to go sit outside by my pool. I like to hike. I like to read. Those are probably the ways that I kind of <laughs> transition from the day to the night and get ready for bed. Do you outsource any of your work? If so, what do you outsource? And do you have any systems or mom hacks in place to help make sure that you get your tasks done? I don't. Well, we outsource our pool care and some of our yard work, but not really like for me, no. As far as hacks. I'm all about systems and templates and like find something that works and then tweak it as needed. So like with email marketing, like set it up. I'm also about like 
content blocking and batching. And like when you're in that mindset of doing content, just do it all. When you're in that mindset of doing emails, just do it all. Like, cause we're, you've got that flow. You've got to take advantage of it. So systems, organized calendar. <laughs> Love it. How can my listeners connect with you? My website is free. The number two, the letter B coaching.com. So free to be coaching.com. And are you on Facebook, Instagram, which I mean, I'll put this all in the show notes as well, but they can find you that way. Correct. Yep. Absolutely. Facebook is happy, healthy mama, Melissa Rolfs. Instagram is free. The number two, to be underscore coaching. You'll put it in there. <laughs> yes. I'll put it all in there. And any other final thoughts to the podcast community? I just want moms to know that they matter and that they're worth taking care of. I think so many times we maybe believe that, that because we have, have birthed something beautiful and wonderful and we focus so much on that, we neglect ourselves. And that doesn't really help us show up in the world. You can't pour from an empty cup. And so don't do that because you and your family and the world needs a healthy you. Love it. Thank you so much, Melissa, for coming on, for sharing your story and continued blessings to you for love and light. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was a great conversation. Thank you for joining me this week on the Mama's Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by our sponsor, NGC Consulting, where you can find them at nicolegconsulting.com. For more motherhood resources, check out themotherhoodvillage.com. Make sure to subscribe to our show so you'll never miss an episode. And if you found value in this episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or recommendation to a friend works too. And join us next time for an another amazing conversation. Continued blessings to you all for love and light.